to episode 75 of the local meta my name is fletcher and i'm john john how are you doing this fine night not too bad watch some uh pokemon randomizer race from hell and i'm like one eighth of the way through the actual three five and a half hour long video Sheesh. played some magic and lost you know it's a good exciting mm-hmm. a good saturday we had similar similar days i guess yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know what, man? Let's just let's just dive on into this one, actually, because I'm. Uh, I think we got a lot to say here. So, um, I don't know if you want to introduce this because we're just gonna kind of give a crack at something here. So, I'll I'll let you take the wheel and introduce this one since it was kind of your idea. All right. So, I actually had like a super clevy clever witty like introduction to what this is going to be and i can't remember what it was because i thought of it at like nine o'clock this morning and then i went back to bed (laughs) (laughs) so basically this is kind of like an experimentation episode where i've always wanted to i've always been curious if we could possibly like do like a super deep dive into a deck and just talk about all the ins and outs of it like Imagine like uh, someone writing an article about a deck, but instead of an article, it's us talking for an hour. And <laughs> that's a high bar to clear, too. Like it is of, of like us filling an hour of content about something like this. And like I've always wondered if we could do it, and like the biggest issue with that is the fact that like uh, me and Fletcher don't necessarily always play the same decks. No, we really. We really don't. A lot of times we don't play the same formats. <laughs> no. So, like, it's really hard for us both to just go deep into something. And, like, it's kind of like the whole, like, uh, metagame breakdown we did for Modern. Like, they can only get so much information out of it. And that was basically just me spewing stuff out. Because Fletcher didn't have that much um, knowledge about the decks we were talking about. I mean, I'd played in Modern, but I... Outside of a few of the decks, I just don't, I, I just don't get the reps in. I mean. Exactly. So that makes it really hard for you to really like have your own opinion. Yeah. Um, this is a little different. Now. This is completely different. <laughs> so, a while back, uh, pre M nineteen, actually, like shortly after Dominaria came out. Yep. Uh, I was on this really big kick where I really wanted to play like. Um, a mid-range deck, because I'd never played a mid-range deck before. And I decided to give it a shot. And, like, in the first event that happened, a guy, like, top 8 or top 16 in SCG Open, he was playing Black Green Constrictor. And I saw the list, and I'm like, I want to play that. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is about that, that made me want to, like, made me want to, but I'm like, I'm going to play this list. So, I, uh, Went onto the Star City site, found it. He got fifth place. Or sorry, he got fifth place at a Grand Prix. Okay. Uh, Acceptable. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, I like this list. So I built it. I made a few modifications to it because I didn't own certain cards in the sideboard. And I wanted to like try out the suite of cards. And I think my final record with this deck in that standard format was like 19 and 3. <laughs> I believe it, man. Like in matches, like this was like 
probably the second most dominant standard format I have ever had behind only the blue-black control deck. Back <laughs> when I was playing Ashiok, and I was like, my, my last run with Ashiok, I went 8-0 and zero in games. <laughs> like, I was utterly dominant with Black-Green Constrictor in the previous standard format to the point of I think I lost all game, the entirety of the store championship, and I just crushed my way to winning that play mat. <laughs> like, I was the end boss when playing this deck, and this deck was bananas. And it blew my mind that people weren't playing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I understand. The red-black aggro deck with Chain Whirler and all that, like, it was consistent, it was powerful, and it could steal games. But I honestly think that Black Green Constrictor was better. I mean, there's nothing better than just like your opponent's like Chainler and you're like Brontodon, and your opponent just sits there and looks at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you die now. Like yeah, I, okay. I was literally just talking to a to a guy today about that, where he was yeah. he was like, "Man, I remember when you played Constrictor." And I, you cast a Brontodon and just held it back on defense while attacking me with Glensleeve Siphoners, and I couldn't do anything. Yeah, and Glensleeve Siphoners a bad card in that matchup. I know. Like, like I just destroyed everyone with Constrictor. And, like, I just... This is something that, like, you know, Fletcher... I was curious. I was telling Fletcher about this, and he was curious what to play in standard. He wasn't really big yeah. on like the blue white blue white control lists. That yeah, wasn't his I, style. Yeah, because when Dominaria rolled around, like you know, I'd been playing some decks and everything. I'd played. I had been playing Esper for a long time and switched to, like blue white control, and I was just kind of over it. So I'm mm -hmm. like, well, I need a new deck for standard in, on Arena because that's basically what I play on. Is I just play on Arena, and I'm a, you're like, hey, you should try this list. And then I was converted to the Church of the Danger Noodle. <laughs> god damn do i love this deck too yeah this this deck is just unbelievably insane to where even fletcher who is like the control east of control players decided this was more fun than playing control like i think the way i described it is like this is a fair deck that sometimes you feel like you're just cheating <laughs> yes like it's, it's ridiculous but yeah i i think we're getting deep in the weeds here maybe we should start i'm um, uh Unless you got some more intro to go with it, but... Uh, one thing that I do want to cover about this deck is mm -hmm. there is a major misconception about Black Green Constrictor. Yep. And that's people who say that if you don't have a Constrictor in play, the deck doesn't do anything. I can say false. <laughs> Those people are wrong. Yeah. This deck is not a some of its parts deck it is not like you know you're not playing a bunch of like threes and fours that become seven and eights no this you're is a jun deck this is yeah. yeah this is like sixes and sevens that like if you get the right cards become twelves like yes <laughs> like this deck is like on raw power level alone every one of these cards stacks up to anything else in the format on the same curve yeah like oh yeah and i like like you're playing the well, I suppose. Let's just actually get into it. So, All right, yeah, we'll get into it and start talking about it. The thing that I love about this deck is when I was writing the notes for this episode, everything just worked out perfectly. <laughs> where it's like, on every single spot on the curve, 
everything just like is this perfect little like shell of what the deck is trying to do. Uh-huh. And I I think that's why I like this deck so much is like it's just so clean. Yeah. Like everything about it is just uh it's great. I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So first things first, we're going to start with the one drops. Yes. You are playing one of the most powerful one drops ever printed to the point where Watsy said they weren't going to print them anymore in standard. And then they did. And then they did. And it was good. <laughs> one mana mana dorks are broken. Yeah. Like, you get to play Land of Elves. Land of Elves is, like, the reason why this deck is so insane. Like... like- I didn't believe you when you told me that too. Like when we were playing this deck, like there are literally times where I'm like, "Is this hand keepable?" And you're like, "It has a forest and a land of worlds." Yeah, I'm like, "Really?" And then I'm like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> so, if you're on the if you are on the draw and you mm-hmm. go turn one land of Elf, you are now on the play. Yep. <laughs> Period. You have stolen the play from your opponent if you go turn one land of Elf. If you uh-huh. are on the play already. You are suddenly two turns ahead of your opponent on development. Yep. Like, you will be casting four drops after they cast their two drops. And that is insane. Yeah, like, like being able to ramp up, like, if you're on the play and you're, like, turn one Lana War and your opponent's, like, land, and then you're, like, turn two, land Brontodon. Yeah. Like, you know, you have a 3-4 in play and your opponent's just sitting there going, well, shit. Yes. Like you're... obviously, obviously, it's not like the mono green stompy, like you know, uh, my steel leaf champion and stuff like that. But you know, exactly. Like we we can we can like pseudo compare this to we will. Oh, I suppose once we get to the three drops, we'll compare steel leaf stompy to this deck yeah. and why steel leaf stompy is inferior. Yeah. So <laughs> by the by the way, I actually am uh put that put a bad version of that deck together on arena really quick. Uh, to do some quests and um uh deck's fine but i was not like yeah it's fine super it's not bad it's fine about it so i just yeah. wish i was playing constrictor the whole time <laughs> so as i was saying lanor elves broken magic card any everyone who says lanor elves is unplayable because chain Whirler is a magic card they're idiots yeah they're just flat out wrong because Here's what happens. If you go turn one Llanowar Elf, it doesn't matter if you're on the play or the draw. You at least have a turn where you get to use that mana. Yep. If that if that consists of you being able to cast a Brontodon on turn two, and then your opponent going Chain Whirler and killing your Llanowar Elf, mm-hmm. that's fine. You have a 3-4 versus their 3-3. You brick their whole goddamn board. Yeah, like, getting a Brontodon, I've, I've literally had red decks just concede to the Brontodon. Exactly. It's like you go turn, you go uh, Brontodon. Go. Are they? They're not going to attack their Kenra into you anymore. Nope. They can't attack their Beaumont Courier into you anymore. Like you do, brick them for that turn. Like you are doing what you want to be doing. Yeah. And, and at worst, it's a two for one. Yeah. Because they because they have to attack something into you. You block it. They have to use a burn spell on it. Exactly. Which, which sign me up. You're up. <laughs> Deal. Yep. <laughs> Uh, the other reason why I think this deck is so powerful is the other one drop you get to play is Adventurous Impulse. Mm-hmm. Adventurous Impulse is the true green ponder. 
everyone always talks about how like oh this is the green ponder oh this is the green ponder like no this is the actual green ponder adventures impulse does everything you wanted to do it smooths out your draws if you're land light it finds you cre- it finds you like you know creatures to cast when you're when you top deck it later on like adventures impulse is never a bad draw ever yeah like it's really funny i found playing the card feels worse than it actually is for some reason like i'm never like oh sweet adventurous impulse like mm-hmm. lana were elves a lot of times i'm like oh sweet lana were elves but like adventurous impulse i'm never like oh oh man i can't wait to play this card but like every time i do it's just good <laughs> yeah like you look at it like man this card is really like meh and then you actually use it you're like all right this card did exactly what it's in the deck to do yep and like the thing about adventurous impulse is like Due to playing the card, you get to build the deck in a certain way where there is literally only nine non-creatures in the entire deck. The odds of it breaking are so insanely low. Yeah. And like it just allows you to find what you need for for the actual moment, which is just so powerful. We're gonna get into that once we get to the three and four drops. Where mm-hmm. like wh- like that's going to truly show you where Adventure's Impulse becomes nutty. But, like, the card is the truth. Like, I think the first day I ever played it, like, I had a guy who was looking through my deck, and he's like, he's, because I'm like, I literally told him, like, yeah, I just want to play Adventure, I, I want to play Lantern or Elves until the end of time at this point. And, like, mm-hmm. so he looks at Adventure Impulse, and he's like, what, how is this card? I'm like, it's the truth. Like, the card <laughs> is bonkers, and I do not regret playing it as a four of. I, I trimmed down to a three of in my deck, but... That was that was due to recent changes, though. So. Yeah, but we'll probably hit that stuff later. So, yeah, yeah. So those cards, though. Yeah, like those those as I as I have the little group labeled. Those are the fuel of the deck. They're what keeps the deck going. You know, you have your you have your actual fuel in in Adventures Impulse, and you have the nitrous oxide in Land of Realms. Yeah, like those Three. cards really do make the deck, like. I don't think of the deck as explosive, but if, if there's cards that make it explosive, it's those cards. Exactly. Like, those are, like, secretly the most powerful cards in the whole deck. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> and so, next up, we have our two drops, which I refer to as the engines of the deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are only two two drops in the whole deck, and they were a full playset of each. And basically depending on your matchup you want to draw like nothing but one or nothing but the other and maybe a mix of both depending on what's going on yeah but you always want the first one against certain matchups so the namesake of the deck is winding constrictor that's our first four of yeah the danger noodle (laughs) fletcher's favorite meme in the whole deck uh i'm I'm gonna get something out of this (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, Windy Constrictor is on its own just a good rate. It's a two three for two. Yeah, like that's. There's been times where it's like I have no synergy with this card, and I'm like, sweet, play it, yes. play it as a two three for two. It blocks everything. Exactly. Like, at on its own, this card is powerful. It makes everything else in the deck, like, dial up to eleven. Yeah. Like. <laughs> This makes everything else in the deck insane. This is the one card that's like, 
the biggest issue people have with playing mid-range decks is you can't steal games. Like, oh, if, you're, <laughs> if you're playing, you know, Steel Leaf Stompy, you can go turn one elf to turn two Steel Leaf, and you can just kind of steal the game against someone, you know? Yeah. If you're playing Winding Constrictor, you can go turn two Winding Constrictor, turn three Rishkar, and suddenly you have eight power in play on turn three. That's insane. It's, it's significant. <laughs> By any metric, that is insane. Like, Winding Constrictor plus Walking Ballista, like, those two cards alone can brick wall red until the end of time. Oh my god, yeah. Like, they're dead. It's just, like, it, it's like, if you let me, unta- like, you know, you let me untap with this, the game is over. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it is the namesake of the card. It is the card that dials the deck up to 11, as I said. It's where you get your free wins from. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing, like, mid range decks don't get free wins usually. Like, yeah. this like, deck has them. It's just, it's just so <laughs> unusual. Like, this, yeah, and every time where I'm like, oh, yeah, it feels like I feel like I'm playing a fair deck that just suddenly cheats, like, this is the card that's doing it. Yes. Like, you know this combined like i mean there's been times where it's like this card's out and it's like you draw the right card it's just like i think you were watching me stream one day and you're just like well we did it like (laughs) it's like oh i was behind i don't know how you could up there okay (laughs) like man i don't think we can win oh look we we went wine and constrictor into gear hulk and our opponent died in two turns yeah so gg red deck gg yep (laughs) (laughs) like yeah wine and constrictor is an insane magic card And boy, howdy, does it feel good to cast it. It's amazing. <laughs> and then the other half of the engine is the card that you basically want to see all four of against a control deck. Yeah. And just watch them weep. Uh, uh, this is not so secretly my favorite card in all of Standard, and I'll be sad when it rotates. And I I actually bought a playset of this card in foil because I liked it so much in standard. Jeez. Uh, that is Glint Sleeve Siphoner. Boy, howdy, do I love this card. This this card is just the juiciest. <laughs> like, so the big issue with a lot of mid-range decks is like you're kind of just stuck playing off the top of your library. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of card advantage, as it were. This fixes that issue. It is an evasive attacker, and every time, basically every time you attack two turns in a row, you get to draw an extra card, which yeah. makes it even, even more, you're even more likely to keep drawing cards as a result. Like, you will eventually crush your opponent in card advantage due to Glinsleeve Siphoner. And if you ever have a Winding Constrictor in play, suddenly it's every turn you're drawing an extra card. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, going Snake into Siphoner just is always amazing or even just like if you can have the 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 setups where it's like you have a constrictor out and then drop a you know aether hub and just stack up the energy and draw your entire deck but <laughs> yeah, like, probably uh, there but it feels so good you're still not like that's pretty much what it is though it's like glint sleep siphoner is just such an ins- like it's it is the first good dark confidant that they have printed since dark confidant yeah like, and it is insane for in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you can get one of these on the field against a control matchup, it just, you know, it doesn't take long for it to just kind of take over the game. And you can tell they always go for it. Like, they just know that that's the card that's going to cause them problems. 
Absolutely. It's when you can literally attack your two drop into your control opponent and they cast settle the wreckage just to get rid of it. Yep. You're doing pretty good. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you're doing all right. You're solid. You're you're exactly where you want to be. Like I I love Glen Sleep Siphoner as a magic card. I I've played it in pretty much every deck all of for way too long actually <laughs> like i played it in i played in the sideboard of my current esper deck i played in black green constrictor i played it in grixis energy before that i played it in blue black control before that like i have yeah. been playing glint sleeve siphoner since hour of devastation at the least like the, yeah it's just one of those cards that like honestly i didn't know this because i didn't pay much attention to standard i didn't know this card existed and then when I finally got to play with it, I was like, oh, this this is good. I am happy. And, I mean, there's a number of games where it's like I never see a snake, but I'll see a siphoner or two. And still, you can just... It's it's amazing how a card that see, can kind of seem innocuous just can take over games. Yeah, it's like, it's a 2-1 with Menace. How good can it actually be? And the then you just pull your opponent. Like, these two cards are basically responsible for every win the deck will ever get. Pretty close, in some, yeah. In, like, you you want to see one or the other, and they will allow you to win for, uh, as a result yep. of that. Like, that's just what these cards do. And they're insanely powerful as a, in as a result of that. So, like, as, like, you know, these are the engines of the deck. So, then, uh... Moving on a little bit from there, we get to the utility slots of the deck. And that's all of your three and four drops. Um, so the first one is one that we have already mentioned. And in my opinion, is honestly the best three drop in the entire deck. Purely off the back of the red-black aggro deck. And just like the fact that red-black aggro and blue-white control were like the two big decks when i was playing this deck meant that thrashing brontodon was literally the best card in every matchup i had it was just so good like it like, did everything i played two in the main two in the side and i honestly should have just played all four in the main deck like it blocked everything against red it destroyed the enchantment base removal against blue the card was just bonkers like it is a 3-4 for 3, where you can pay a colorless and sacrifice to destroy target artifact or enchantment. It is Kwasali Pride Mage. Yep. <laughs> like, it's just good, and its body is so relevant. And, like, it, it's the whole, like, Winding Constrictor thing, where it's, like, Winding Constrictor is a 2-3 for 2, brought down as a 3-4 for 3. Like, it's already above rate on power and toughness on mana cost alone, and has a r ridiculously relevant ability. That's like one of those abilities that like I think when I like first looked at the card when it was being spelled, I'm like I'm like, oh okay. I'm like this will never get played. Yep. <laughs> like because it's just like you how many throwaway cards have you seen that just so it's like, oh sacrifice this, destroy it and you know. Yeah, they're all over the place. Like there's nobody cares there's about like, them. Yeah, there's like a hundred different white two mana two twos that have a sacrifice this exile target enchantment ability. But yeah, three mana three mana three four that does this holy crap is that a difference like it was it's just so well positioned in the format yeah it, like brontodon is probably the best green card in all of Ixalan block 
probably like it's just that that card is just such an MVP. Yeah, like it, like like it was just like it dominated that format, and it was insanely good as a result of that. Like I love Bronthodon as a three drop, and honestly, I should have just played the full four in the main deck because goddamn. Yeah, I think I'm playing three right now, if I recall. Yeah, like the card's just good. I like it. And it's sweet. It's just a big old dinosaur. Yeah. It's, gosh. Uh, my boy Bronte. <sighs> okay. Then uh, the next three drops to talk about is also one we already referenced, and that is Rishkar Pima Renegade. This is this I only played as a two of because it's legendary. It has diminishing returns, but. If you wanted to just steal a game against someone, Constrictor into this was just how you did it. Yeah. Like, this was, like, the one-two punch that, like, I had to play against this in Limited one time, and I just died on turn four. Like, it would just... It, like, I'm dead. I can't do anything. <laughs> GG, I guess. Like, having a 4-5 and a 4-4 four, four in play on turn three is just insanely powerful in pretty much any reasonable standard format and the fact that Rishkar you didn't have to put the counters on him you can literally put them anywhere you wanted just give you so much flexibility and the fact that he produced mana is not irrelevant no like when all of your creatures in play can wind up with plus one plus one counters and he says all creatures with plus one plus one counters can tap for a green mana you can do some dirty dirty things with this card <laughs> Yeah. And it's just so powerful. Like, I'm just going to keep saying that about literally every single card in this deck, by the way, is that it's just so powerful because they are. But that's the thing is, is like, as we said, every card is like a seven. Like, it's yes. just every card is just good on its own and you and you want to play it. And then you get to play them all in the same deck and they synergize and just do broken, dirty things together. Yeah, like they're this... Everything about this deck is sweet. Rishkar, Rishkar held his own as he was supposed to. He was part of the three-drop slot, and, like, I don't think I ever would have cut him. I don't know. Like, I think I agree. I don't think I don't think you play more than two, but, like, I mean... No, Rishkar, I think two is perfect for him. I think it is. Like, honestly, though, like, and this is not a dig against Rishkar, but more, like, just the cards in the deck. I think he's, like, on the low end of quality of cards in the deck. Yeah, that's like which is ridiculous. Of, yeah, the fact that all he did was he could be a three three and give something else a plus one plus one counter was like a low bar compared to everything else. Yeah, he's like the that's like, insane third worst card in the deck or something like that. Yeah, like, that's and, and like and he's literally like one of the combo pieces that is just like we're gonna kill you. Like yes, to some degree. Like just to show the like quality level of cards in the deck. Like he he is insane when he's when he's doing you know the best he can be doing. He's okay when he's doing you know the worst he can be doing. Yeah, that's like, still pretty damn good. <laughs> it, it took me a lot of time to warm up to him. Like mm -hmm. I, initially, I did not like Rishkar, and I wanted to cut him for a long time. But then I I finally came around, and and I think I just had to learn how to play with the card. Yeah, like he, yeah. I, I pretty much said all I can about it, but yeah. yeah. I think so. <laughs> Rish, Rishkar, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, the third three drop that the deck played was Jade Light Ranger. This was probably the weakest card in the whole deck, if I'm being completely honest. This is hands down was the weakest card in the deck. 
And like again, I don't think that's a slight against Jade Light Ranger. No, Jade Light Ranger is solidly okay. Yeah. It's like it's the six point five in the deck. Yeah. Like it's like it's just a card that's like fine instead yeah. of great. <laughs> yeah, there are times when Jade Light did exactly what I needed to do, like finding me land drops I was missing. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I did one time go Winding Constrictor into Jade Light and left two creatures on top, and suddenly I had a 6-5 on turn 3. And I just, like, you know, my opponent proceeded to die because I had a bigger creature than everything in their deck. Yeah. Like, Jade Light can do dirty things, but Jade Light itself was just, like... There was a very, very high amount of variance involving Jade Light. Yeah. Where sometimes all you wanted to do is hit lands and your opponent would, you know, you you wouldn't. And then sometimes all you wanted to do was, like, grow it big enough to be able to block something. And all you do hit is lands. And the fact that your opponents can respond to the trigger and kill it before it grows out of burn range is a relevant thing also. Yeah. So, like, Jade Light just, I think that's honestly the issue with Jade Light is it wasn't consistent. Yeah, that, I think that is the biggest thing. Like, it, it's a fine card. But, but this deck doesn't need fine cards. It needs great cards. Yes. Like, that's the one issue with Jade Light, where it's like, I pro- it probably should have just been Thrashing Bron- at least Thrashing Brontodon number three and maybe one Jade Light, but it probably yeah. just should have been four Brontodons. Yeah, probably. But, you know, I the we'll entire reason... we more about Jade Light, I'm sure, once we hit some other spots in the list here. <laughs> yeah, like, the entire thing about jade light for me basically consisted that i wanted to try it because i had played it before yeah fair enough that's what it was it was an experiment to see how good it was i wanted to try out all the different three drops and i basically just kind of grew lazy and didn't want to change cards around anymore so (laughs) yeah you know so like yeah these those are like the three big utility three drops that the deck had Mm -hmm. and like you know you're in a perfect world you're casting like Rishkar and Jade Light after after a Lanowell or after a Winding Constrictor, mm-hmm. but casting any of these cards on turn two was also a pretty good oh, game yeah. against a lot of decks. It was totally totally fine to do that and stuff. Like even like if you went like turn yeah turn two Rishkar, drop a counter on him, drop a counter on your Lanowell elves. Like suddenly you're not dying at all to a Chain oh, yeah. Whirler. Oh yeah, like it puts it puts it out of range of Chain Whirler, and it's just. He was just good. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, I mean, even go even hitting a jade light at that turn, you know, was solid. Yeah, like your three drops are basically like you know the the meat and potatoes aspect of the deck. Yeah. So, uh, and then the other half of the utility come was your four drop creatures, where there's technically only one four drop creature in the deck, oh, but technically, <laughs> I threw another one in the four drop slot because. You basically always wanted to cast it for more than two. Yeah. Because it's utility, you always cast it as a four drop almost. And yeah, yeah. But, okay. So the first one we'll cover is a card that people were literally saying needed to be banned. Which is ridiculous. It it, oh my god. These people are idiots. This card is good. Don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's in this deck. <laughs> but it's not banned worthy. Yeah. And that is Ravenous Chupacabra. Oh my god. I love this card. Like... The best Necrotal ever printed, probably. Yes, probably. There's debate in my mind that maybe Noxious Gearhulk technically should be in that slot, but Noxious Gearhulk costing six matters. Yeah, this costing four and just 
obliterating whatever you need is just beautiful. Like, and like the thing that I loved so much about Ravenous Chupacabra is you could find it off of Adventurous Impulse. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you could literally, you could use your green find a creature spell to find a removal spell was just so, so relevant. (laughs) That it's like, there were, I think the most common card for me to find off Adventurous Impulse was Chupacabra. Maybe it was Winding Constrictor, but it, I think it was Chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> like, Chupacabra was just like, it was a body, it was a removal spell, it just did everything you needed it to do. It's just one of those cards that you're never sad to see. Exactly. Like, like I can't even... I probably can count the number of times on my hand when I'm like, oh, dang, a Chupacabra. Like... Almost every other time it's been like, sweet, you know, or like, oh, sweet, I now can win the game because I drew this exact card. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, and even against a control deck, it's a beater. Oh, yeah. I mean, back when I was playing blue-black control, even, like, if I got into a control mirror, which I was a little soft against, like, you just play just play it as a 2-2 for 4. Like, shit, you could do way worse than that. Exactly. It and puts like, pressure the, on him and it eats up the removal. The thing that I really liked about it, it was, like, post-sideboard against, like, the blue-white decks... Uh, I'd always leave it in because worst case scenario, I can attack them with it. Yep. Best case scenario, they cast a Lyra Dawnbringer, and I eat her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I did that. Like there was, I had a guy who was playing like a variation on blue. I think he was actually playing Esper, where he's like taps out for a Lyra, and I'm just like chupa it, attack you, and then the next turn he's like, well, I'm dead if you have another one. Taps out for a Lyra. I'm like chupa it, attack you, and I won. Like, <laughs> The card was just super relevant, even against decks where its ability wasn't, mm-hmm. because like people still boarded in creature deck creatures. That's oh, yeah. just what they did. I once killed a Nezahal with a Chupacabra. God, like love it. Oh. that's pretty damn sweet, as far as I'm concerned. That is absolutely sweet. <laughs> like that's a nice legendary dinosaur you got there. Be ashamed if something happened to it. <laughs> <sighs> But I mean, we've talked about Chupa at length in other episodes too. I think so. Yeah, I mean, Chup- Chupa's great. We know it. It's in this deck. Uh, so the the other four drop creature in the deck is vintage playable. Slash so... <laughs> close. Uh, walking ballista. Okay, I was a little off. This card is. The second most broken card in the deck when combined with with Winding Constrictor. Oh my god, yeah. Like, like so good. I have, like, I once had a Walking Blista holding off a Hazaret. And I just kept growing it in my opponent's end step until I eventually nugged them for 17. <laughs> I had never had anything that crazy happen. Dude, Ballista allowed you to do such insane oh, things. Like, like I've I've just had the games where it's like, you know, you're like you're like constrictor, and then you're like Ballista for two comes in as a three three, holds off basically their entire board, <laughs> and then you like as soon as you untap, you're like pay for two counters, pay for yeah. like it's just <laughs> it just gets stupid. You know, and you don't even have to do anything. You can literally just sit there and just pump it. You know, just hold off everything and just keep pumping it. And then, yeah, as you said, nug them and they're dead. Like, it's just, it's just absurd. The card is so good. I beat a control deck doing that exact thing where it's like I went turn one land of war, turn two constrictor, 
turn three ballista and I never attacked. I yeah. never all I did was play lands and pump all my mana into that walking ballista. Yeah. And they're like they had when the game was over, they had two set of the wreckage and a bunch of sealaways in their hand. Yeah, it's like I never turned to do sideways. Oh yeah. Why? You don't have to. Like, <laughs> like I don't need to. You're gonna sit there doing nothing. I'm gonna keep pumping this thing up till you die. I mean, and the great thing is, is like if the card resolves, you know, and you cast it for a four drop, it's good. It's it's a shock, you know. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. You know, sometimes it's sometimes it's basically a chupacabra. Like, you know, you play you play it for four, and your opponent tries to kill it or something like that, and you're like, ah, kill your two, kill your, you know, two toughest creature or whatever. Yeah, but it's just oh, man, like, the card is like stupid. <laughs> Yeah, the versatility of Ballista is just through the roof. Oh, it does everything. Like, like the card sees play in literally every format. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> like, I remember when I first saw it, I'm like, this card isn't that good. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. is, this actually, is this better than Hanger Backwalker? Yes. Yeah. Hanger Backwalker was insane. Walking Ballista is even better. Yeah, it's more insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. God, yeah, I love that card. Like, I had I had never played with Walking Ballista until I played this deck, and I I understand the hype. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, if people are complaining about a card that needs to be banned, they should be complaining about this one, even though it isn't good enough to be banned. Like, yeah, it's just like the card is just so good. I mean, and you don't even have to be doing broken things for it to be that good. Like, you know, most of the time in this deck, you're playing fair with it, and it's still yes. it's still. An absurd card yeah you're you're spending four mana to give something plus two plus two that's not that insane i mean i've literally had games where it's like i don't have a snake i have like lana War elves or something out and you know a ballista and i'm sitting there winding up my ballista one counter at a time and it still is just that good it just screws screws up the game for my opponent yeah like, oh man I mean, honestly, Walking I'd rather ballista. be doing broken things, but <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you can't all, you can't always you know live the dream though. Sometimes you just gotta oh natural your opponent to death. Yep. Because like yeah, the sheer versatility of ballista is just utterly batshit. So. Mm -hmm. Also, people just forget about it, and I love attacking my ballista into like a two uh, like a two power creature, and having them block and then cranking it up. And then the creature just dies, and they're like, "Oh, yeah." Or attacking it into, or yeah, attacking a, a two-two ballista into um, uh, a chain whirler with um, uh, with a snake on the field, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh man, I'm gonna get them. They're only gonna get one." And you just just wreck them, <laughs> like <laughs> get wrecked. But, yeah, get good. And I suppose just to mention them because I I couldn't really fit them into other slots. Uh, also, yeah, for the rest of utility. We're going to talk about the four non-adventurous impulse instants and sorceries in the yeah. deck. And by instant sorceries, I mean they're all instants. Yes. Uh, two of Raska's Contempt, mm -hmm. one Fatal Push, mm -hmm. and one Blossoming Defense. Yep. I mean, Contempt and Push, we just... I, I don't think those need that much explanation. No, they don't. They're contempt just, is there. good removal. Yeah. Contempt is insane. Uh, the one push is super, super nice when you're having a Llanowar Elves mirror. Yeah. Because, like, if your opponent goes turn one Llanowar Elf and you don't, you need to be able to kill their Llanowar Elf. Which is, yeah, super absurd. Like, it, it doesn't feel like you should, but, man. Yeah. Like, that fatal like, push, I've done that 
more than I probably want to admit, even though it's the right play. Yeah, and like, yeah, you only have one, but you put it in your deck to draw it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of putting uh, it in your deck to draw it, I think we need to talk about the last card, because that one... <laughs> uh, Blossoming Defense is like the perfect one-of. Oh my god, it is the fun the fun-of-est <laughs> one-of-est ever, like... Like, Blossoming Defense in general is already a pretty insane magic card. It's good, man. Like, it's like it, it's it, surprising. It is modern playable. Yeah. Like, hands down. And the fact is both a pump spell and a protection spell is so relevant where it's like, you know, your blue-white control opponent, they're like, oh, cast my cast down, exile your winding switch, you're just like, nope, nope. And suddenly they are terrified of Blossoming Defense for the rest of the match. Yep. Even though you just like, have one. <laughs> the equity you gain from having one blossoming defense is so ridiculously high. Because even if they don't see it and you top deck it in game three, you're going to get them. Oh, yeah. You like, are going to get them. Like, it is so valuable. It is just insane having just that one. And, like, I once debated putting in a second one. I was like, no, nah, that's too greedy. It, I mean, I think I agree. Like having just one of them there, it's like it just does. Ju- it does just enough. Like, like you exactly. for some reason you just see it often enough, and it for some reason it, it always is just like your opponent's going for like the big play where it's like this would turn the game around, and you're like, boop, <laughs> nope, and it just is not uh, allowed. So Take good. two extra damage. This, this <laughs> card is like. It reminds me, I know it's not the same thing, obviously, but it reminds me of God's Willing back from uh, the Heroic Days. And oh, yeah. that was like that card was the MVP in the Heroic deck. And so, yeah. and so seeing like a card like this that I can use in the same manner, just, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Feels good. Insanely, insanely, like just once again, super versatile. Yeah. It's like sometimes you just save your guy in combat. Sometimes you save him from like, you know, the blowout protection spell or something like, or removal spell or something like that. Like, and every once in a while, it was the shock to finish off uh, your yeah, opponent. I was going to say, sometimes you just kill your opponent because they're like, well, whatever, you know. <laughs> like, no blocks are like, kill you. Kill you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blossoming defense. Amazing magic card. Perfect one of. Perfect one of. Perfect. 10 of 10 would, ah. would one of again. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now yeah, we're going to get it. We're going to get into the heavy hitters, the haymakers. These are the cards that when you stuck them, you were probably winning the game in the next one or two turns. Oh, yeah. Uh, these are your five and six drops. And there's not many of them. Nope. There was only four in the whole deck. Boy, howdy, did they do some heavy lifting. I mean, that's all you needed. <laughs> Probably the most broken out of our finishers is Verderous Gearhulk. God damn that card. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first saw this card and when it was spoiled, I'm like, this card is stupid. Oh. It's a five man eight eight trample. I hate this. Yeah, like like this there's dumb. nothing exciting about this card. Like I'm I don't like green card like I don't play green usually. Like it's just not what I want to yeah. be doing. And I think I read I think I like started reading that card and got bored halfway through and was like, yeah, <laughs> I don't even care about this stupid thing. You're just like five mana four four trample done. Yeah. <laughs> irrelevant like, don't care and i think when you like show me the deck list i saw that card and i'm like really <laughs> like, like yep. you know we're playing black we could be playing um uh noxious gear, noxious hulk, gear right? hulk. Like, that actually does something yeah 
I'm like, that card is like good on like this one, but oh my God, now do I, I just, I have 180 as hard as possible on this card. <laughs> this card is like, by itself is insane. Like the fact you can, ba- you're basically, you have a four, four for five, and then you get to divvy up four power and four toughness, however you want oh amongst your God. board. The number of times that I've just been like, I've traded massive resources with my opponent. We're both sitting there in top deck mode. I'm just like, top deck Gear Hulk, make it, make it an 8 8 go. Yeah. And there's just like, top deck uh, Chain Whirler, go. And I'm just like, I ate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what are you gonna do about it? Yeah, like, <laughs> like just so, just straight up without like any synergy. Like the card's just good. Like even being able to like, like even just playing this on a board with a lot of worlds. Yes, it's like okay. I'll make a five five and a you know like a what four four lana worlds or whatever it is. Yep. Like, like okay. Like just, what? What you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Like it's just. And if you have anything more than that, like any cards that are good, like like your opponent yeah, better not hope you have a glint sleeve siphoner because yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, I've beaten my opponent to death with a six five minutes before. Feels good, man. Oh goddamn, oh, uh, this, that, that's this card. And then you have the two broken creatures you can have in play when you cast this card. Oh. <laughs> if you ever have a winding constrictor and a vert and you cast a verter's gear hulk your opponent is lucky if you only have that winding constrictor like you're cheating at that point like this is the this is the combination where i'm like all of a sudden you're cheating and you win the game like yeah (laughs) you're just like all right i'm gonna cast this gear hulk uh trigger i'm gonna put one counter on my constrictor one counter on my gear hulk one counter on my chupacabra one one counter on my glint sleep siphoner your opponent's like okay, and then you put two on each of them. Yeah, and your opponent's like oh oh, and then you're like, you're like attack you for lethal. <laughs> like yeah. move to combat, uh, crash in for twelve. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just and uh, yeah, and that, like and that's that. not even the dirtiest thing you can do. No, the the most dirty you can do is literally create a machine gun <sighs> when you go Gear Hulk. Trigger all four on my walking ballista. Yeah. Kill everything you love and hold dear. Yes, and then stomp on it and insult it. Like, <laughs> oh my god, it's just it's so good. And like, yeah, having all three is just like, uh, it's just an embarrassment of riches. Like you just, I uh, like that's just like, like you get to that point where like when you have all three, when you have like winding constrictor, gear hulk, and and ballista, you. Even though it's not necessarily right, you have to divvy them up. Oh my god, you have to. I think I had one game where I had a constrictor and two ballistas, and I played one of these, and I'm just like... It's like, one, 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 one. Kill you. It's like, like, (laughs) oh my god, was it just disgusting. It just does disgusting things. I love it. (laughs) This card... Ugh, like... Eh... Once again, it's insanely versatile for a big dumb green idiot. Yeah, like green shouldn't have this much versatility. I remember reading Boy, it being like this card is stupid. Like, why would I ever play this piece of garbage card? And then, like the first time I like got to like Snake Gear Hulk, I was just like, oh my god! <laughs> like you could just steal games away. Like 
that game we were talking about like we're sitting here looking at the board together and stuff and it's like well you're gonna like i don't know how we're gonna win this game you're just gonna lose it oh you just top decked a gear hook yeah the game's over <laughs> like yeah like you have no way of losing congratulations like, like, basically it was impossible for you to lose after that point it's just absurd like how that card can swing stuff like oh man also gear hook was always one of those cards that seemed to travel in packs yeah it kind of does like i'd always see two i'd never just see one it's always two yeah it's like all right it's like uh Gear Hulk, make an 8-8 go. Uh, another Gear Hulk, make my first one a 12-12. Attack you. Attack you. Two turn clock, you know? <laughs> Although getting hit with an abrade feels super bad at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was uh, that was the interesting thing about Gear Hulk was the whole, like, you know, like, it's like, well, my opponent's on red. How much do I respect the abrade? Like, I've made a 5-5 Llanowar Elf just in case my opponent had an abrade before. Yeah, like, yeah, it's because then at that point, if they abrade it, you're just like, yeah, whatever, attack you for five. Yeah, it's like okay with yeah. my or else. If you can split it up, it's good. But like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh man, you know, it just depends on what you think your opponent has. Yeah. Like, goddamn Gear Hulk, you dirty. Yeah, you dirty. You, d- I love you, you. dirty. <laughs> uh, uh, and then uh, the lone six drop in the deck was Vraska Relic Seeker. She put in work. That card is good. Like <laughs> Yeah. I was I was actually kind of surprised to some degree. Like just the fact that like she ticks up and makes a dude to protect herself is so good. Oh yeah. The fact she her t- her tick down her minus 3, the fact that it could kill any creature any enchantment or any artifact was so relevant. Yeah. And then she gave you a treasure. With which the almost almost universally that treasure would trigger revolt for that one of fatal push. <laughs> and you just shrek something of your opponents. And it felt so good. It's a huge swing return. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, kill your dude, fatal push your other dude go i have a vraska relic seeker in play i'm gonna kill anything you cast next turn yep. and if they don't cast something that's fine you take her up and make another pirate yep. and then you start beating it yeah. with two twos with menace make, make a pirate gear hulk put it on the pirate <laughs> like vraska yeah. is like she's she was just like the perfect role player yeah. in the deck yeah she, really she was she was whatever you needed her to be at the time mm-hmm. Like she was good against, she was good in mid range. I boarded her out against Romana Red because obviously she's a little too slow. But she's good against anything that's trying to go to like past turn five. Yeah. And she was perfect in that regard. She was always a good top deck as long as you can cast her. Like I have nothing but respect for Vraska as a magic card. Like, and she's just another one of those cards. Like she can win the game on her own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like really you know, can. she's like. Tick up, make a two-two. Tick up, make a two-two. Tick up, make a two-two. Ultimate attack. Yeah, like, I mean, if you have one of those games that's just a giant attrition match, and like, like ripping Vraska off the top feels so good. Exactly. Like she, she was just exceptional for what she did, and yeah, big fan of her as a once again as a one of. Yeah, one of the, the fun of. Just so good. Yeah. So that's the deck. Yeah, um, I would like to say an honorable mention to this deck's mana base, though, because <laughs> I love this deck's mana base. Uh, 
So you had the four fast lands, you had the four buddy lands, you had a million basics, which was just so nice. Yeah. Like, you almost never got screwed by your mana base with this deck, which was just perfect. Yeah, unless you were doing sketchy things, like, you almost never got Yeah. Screwed. The only time I've gotten screwed is when I've, like, I'm like, I'm going to keep the double Aether Hub hand. Yeah, that's always, like, the super awkward one, right? Where you're like, double Aether Hub, like, I think I can get there. Like, or when you're like, Aether Hub turn one, adventurous impulse, just like, just let me find a dual land. Just let me find a dual yeah. land. Uh, like, you know, we've all been there. I, you know, that's, that's some stuff just happens. Like, and Aether Hub is just another one that's like, you know, it's basically a dual land with some added utility. Because if you ever went like turn one fast land impulse, turn two Aether Hub Glint Sleep Siphoner against control, your opponent's like, shit. Yeah, it was, it like, was good. <laughs> You've already got the engine rolling. You're just going strong. And, like, the two of If Near Deadlands was just randomly super relevant at times. It was, yeah, it really, really was. It was also randomly really punishing, like, every so infrequently. Yeah, every once in a while, you'd, like, your only black source would be If Near Deadlands. You're just like, please don't be on Mono Red. Please don't be on, oh, God, that's a blowback carrier. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, shit. That's it. <sighs> but... Yeah. yeah, the fact that we got to actually play an effectively removal spell in our land slot was just so relevant. That's huge. It, like, like I know that that specific card has been relevant multiple times. Exactly. Yeah, like that card is just good. Just, yeah. Like it is, in my opinion, the best out of all of the spell-based deserts. Oh, yeah. Easy. Like all all the other ones are like role players in their own little ways but if near deadlands being an actual removal spell is insane it's, yeah it is just that good like it's oh, love it so, huge huge fan of if near deadlands as a result of that mm -hmm. um i just want to double check one thing actually uh one of one, one also nice thing about if near deadlands that it's only ever came up once but it was funny uh it by itself does kill your opponent's uh winding constrictor oh savage i forgot yeah. about that yeah yeah the winding constrictor is not a may it's a must yeah and i have been pseudo wrecked by winding constrictor when my opponent had uh soul scar mage in play mm. <laughs> you know mm. shit happens though i mean always kill the soul scar mages yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah so that's that's just the main deck yeah. of black green constrictor like the possibilities for this card's sideboard are even more insane like just as like an example of the sideboard options available to this deck and like this is nowhere even close to everything you could play it's like you have Duress, Doomfall, Lifecrasser's Bestiary, Death Gorge Scavenger, Cast Down, Fatal Push, Gaunty, Lord of Luxury, Argyle's Bloodfast, Liliana Death's Majesty, Nissa Vital Force, Raska Relic Seeker. I played more Thrashing Bronzedons in my sideboard. I played a uh, Search for Eternity or whatever the hell the card oh, was yeah, called. Oh, yeah, that thing. Journey to Eternity. Like, Journey to Eternity. I played that in my sideboard, and I just, like, I'm pretty sure I made a guy like almost quit magic. Like that's a like, spicy, spicy include there. Yeah, like the sheer versatility in like the black and green cards in standard allowed you to literally tailor your sideboard to beat anyone. Yeah. 
and like I'm not even being hyperbolic there. I mean literally anyone. If you wanted to beat a deck, you could build Black Green Constrictor to beat that deck. Like hands down. Yeah, like like style-wise, this is just the jundiest jund that ever junded. Like it's just yeah. and that's what's so great about the deck is it's you know, it, it's just so good everywhere like every, every card in your entire deck like like literally when when you look at your deck and the worst card you have like just straight up is jade light ranger you're doing pretty good yeah the worst card you have is a three mana two one that can become a four three or draw you yeah. two cards okay like <laughs> it's pretty 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 good yeah, it's pretty that's, good it's <laughs> pretty good I honestly couldn't even tell you what like the next worst card in the deck is because every one of them is so good in certain oh, situations. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Rishkar maybe. Yeah, like and as or, we've already discussed, even he yeah. is just broken sometimes. It's yeah. That's what I say. Like you're starting to like pick at cards that are just great to pick as like the second worst card in the deck. Like it's yeah, which is stupid, just like insane. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's like goddamn, like I just and like. Yeah, it was mentioned by Fletch earlier, the whole thing about Steel Leaf Stompy. Like, my problem with Steel Leaf Stompy is literally all the deck has going for it is the fact that you can cast a Steel Leaf Champion on turn two. Yep, that literally is. Like, that absolutely terrible-ass mono black deck that I played on Arena, I have beaten multiple Steel Leaf decks with that deck. Of course, it's basically tailored to beat decks like that, but... Steel Leaf Stompy is just one of those weird cards that it, it is all in on having a turn one Lanowar Elf, and yep. if they don't have a turn one Lanowar Elf, the deck is not doing anything powerful. Yeah, it's... Like, it, it, or it's not doing anything powerful quickly yeah. enough, is probably a better way of putting it. Like, it is doing powerful things, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, casting, like, Ronus the Indomitable is a powerful that magic card. That card's annoying. You know? And it's, but it's like, it's just... It's slow if it doesn't have a Lenor Elf, and you can't be slow in a format that's ran by Mono. No, right? no. It's like yeah, like you know, the sixty percent of the time where you turn where you turn to a Steel Leaf Champion, you're you're going to be really well off against them. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have it, you're kind of screwed. And the thing about Constrictor is like. You're not reliant on Lanor Elf. No, it's just really good. Like it's it's the thing is like <laughs> you're playing fair. Or you're doing something broken, like <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing about the deck. It's like it's so versatile and like it's just raw power going. Where it's like you have game against everyone, and you're not reliant on anything to actually feel like you're doing something right. Also, I just don't like Galt or Primal Hunter. It's a magic card. <laughs> I find that card it's more like, annoying than anything. Like the worst thing about mono, the mono green list is the fact that like. The deck is all in on basically not being interacted with. Like, because that's the big thing. It's like, you know, you're trying to turn to a Steel Leaf Champion. If someone kills your Lanor Elf, you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. You're trying to cast Galto, which is an uncastable card if you don't already have a board state. Yep. You have no guarantee you're going to have a board state. Like, people play interaction, people play removal. You know, like, when you finally, like, fill out a board state and you cast Galto, and your opponent's just like, yeah, Vrask is contempt your goal to go and just like, yep. Cool. That's the life I live. Yeah. Thanks for that. It's like I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather have a deck that 
each individual card can win the game instead of needing everything to go perfect for me. Yeah, like, and, and that's the thing is, is like, like, I feel like the Steel Leaf deck, it's like, if if things don't go absolutely your way, you're doing something that is way too fair. Like, it's just not good yes. enough. But when things go right, like, you're stealing games. Whereas with this deck, yeah. if things, like, a normal game, you're just playing good stuff and keeping up with everyone and still playing a really good deck. And then sometimes you just cheat. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're just like, okay, we we just did the dumbest things ever and it's virtually impossible for you to lose the game. Yeah. I, I am a huge fan of Constrictor. The only reason I'm not playing it right now is honestly because I'm vindictive and I got, I lost to a guy who just played a really shitty control game against me. <laughs> But he basically just, like, he basically just, like, jammed his approach into me when I was playing another blue deck that had counterspells, and he got lucky, and I didn't have a, uh, did not have a counterspell. Okay. And he won as a result of that, and I just kind of got, like, salty because of it, so I decided to build a control list. So you can out-control people. Pretty much. I'm like, I'm going to show you how to play a control list. And then he immediately stopped playing it. And now he's been playing mono green, and I've just been crushing his mono green deck instead with my controllers. There you so. go. Right. Um, I suppose uh, Fletcher did mention it already, but might as yep. well. Um, I have not picked up this deck since M19 came out. I have. <laughs> uh, yes. I've been experimenting with other possible things. Um, the two big cards that came out are Vine Mare and Vivian Reed. Yeah, I have I haven't Vine been playing Mare. any Vine Mares. Yeah, Vine Mare was originally the card that I that I was considering cutting Jade Light Ranger for when I saw it come out, just cuz Jade Light Ranger is one of those like ant cards and Vine Mare can just randomly steal games. Like there's a lot of powerful black creatures going around. Yeah. And the fact that it has hexproof is relevance, and it can just kind of like win games. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I think it has potential. I mean, it could. I mean, turn, then... turn four, Vine Mare, turn five, Gear Hulk, you're cheating again. Um. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's that's dirty. And the uh, the other thing, like me and Fletcher, we talked about Vivian for a little while, and the initial thought was cutting Vraska for Vivian. I don't think that's And correct. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I like that, just because Vraska has so much utility. Like, Vivian hits a lot of the stuff Vraska does, but Vraska is less limited in it. And the fact that her tick-up automatically gives you a creature, and Vivian's only lets you choose one from the top three, both are very powerful. I don't know. I think Vraska just kind of gets the edge out, and it might be just because I'm, you know, I have a thing for Vraska at this point, yeah. you know. You know, we have a connection. But, uh... We kind of came to the conclusion that cutting one adventurous impulse made sense, just yep. because impulse is getting worse by adding a uh, non-creature to the deck, and Vivian's plus one is an impulse. And so, like you know, late game, it's just better to top deck her than it is to top deck yep. an adventurous impulse. So, also having another way to just like kill flying creatures is just good. Like that, yes, that like... ability has been so stupidly relevant that I can hardly believe it. Like, yeah, that's, like, the actual weakness of the deck, is the deck does have a weakness to flyers. Yep. You know, you have very little actual interaction for them. 
uh, you know, outside of like the two Vraska's contempt and the other, like the best way to actually beat a deck with flyers is just make your creatures so big, goddamn big that they have no choice but to chump. Yeah, exactly. Like, which is a perfectly reasonable method and something that the deck can easily do. I mean, yeah, it can. Like, it's it's very easily to easy to just like have creatures that are out of range of Glorybringer before your opponent can even think about casting a Glorybringer. Yeah, like that is something you can do. Something that I have done multiple oh, yeah. times, but you know you can't always rely on that. Unfortunately, so yeah. sometimes you gotta you gotta be reasonable about it. So Vivian being able to kill flyers can be relevant. I'm, so. st- I'm still not sure a hundred percent where I landed it. I, I like having her in the deck, but I'm uh, she's definitely on the low end of good <laughs> for the cards. Like yeah. Like, she has the potential of being good, but she's a lot more situational than the other cards. So. Like, I think she's, it's she's better t- than Jade Light, but she's, like, takes that worst card in the deck slot, I think. Yeah. Worth testing, yeah. though. Worth thinking about. All that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, so. But, yeah. Well, alright. I think we, um, uh, pick this bad boy apart. Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate that this deck will be literally unplayable in like a month and a half. Yeah. Because it is sadly rotating. Like all the cards are rotating almost, it feels like. See, cards the deck loses. All of our two drops. Yep. Uh, one of our three drops. Our Blista. Blocking Blista. Huge. Our Fatal Push, our Blossoming Defense, and our Gear Hulk. So yes, the deck yeah, will be dead. There is nothing left. <laughs> Unless they print some insane mid-range cards, but... There's still a pretty, pretty nice-looking mono-green core here. Yeah. But at that point, like, you're almost just on Steel Leaf, aren't you? Well, I mean, if you're you're not creative and want to be boring... I mean, I'll play some spicy Steel Leaf instead of just straight up, but... Yeah, we still have Fraska, after all. Yeah, Fraska's pretty good, actually, but... Yeah, I don't know. I haven't tested Vine Mary yet in the deck and stuff, but I'm uh, I might do that. We'll have to see. But yeah, I love playing this deck so much. Like, it is one of those decks that, like, when things are going normally, you just like your cards are just better than your opponent, but you still have to like outplay them to some degree. Like, and then you just every once in a while just get a free win. (laughs) Yeah, it's just I don't know. I really enjoyed this deck. I. I love that I can call it Danger Noodle because that makes me happy. And yeah, I I do not regret this being my first foray into playing a, a true mid range yeah, deck. Like, is this a true mid range deck? Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a mid range deck, but it's like a mid range deck that sometimes has combo finishes. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I, I'm not I'm not complaining, man. Like, this this got me playing green, so. <laughs> Miracles do happen. Yep. But all right. That's there's our take on um uh, Black Green Constrictor. Yeah, hopefully hopefully anyone listening to this actually like I know we say this literally every episode, but I'm honestly want to know if people got any value out of this. Cause like like I said, this is like a type of episode that I've always wanted to do and I just I've never felt as if there was a deck that we could do it about well yeah. enough. 
and I want the content to be good. Like, so like if you have any feedback, like, you know, email us, message us on Twitter, tell me in person. Like I truly, truly want to know how well this episode went for people where it's like, you know, was it literally just, you know, me masturbating to a snake for an hour or did someone actually gain value out of this? You know, it is harder to do for like, uh, decks in like modern and legacy, but it's something that's possible to do. Yeah, we've done a few like so, high level breakdowns of decks, but yeah. yeah, this is never anything yeah, this deep I mean, diving. We just, so. we just talked about this deck for an hour, so <laughs> literally, if yeah, and we probably could talk longer, but <laughs> all right, yeah. but yeah. As John said, Emma, if you want to shoot us some feedback, send us an email at thelocalmeta at gmail.com or on Twitter at thelocalmetapc. Um, we would really love to hear this. Um, if you want to catch me playing it every once in a while until it rotates, or um, uh, if you want to give me feedback there, you can catch me on uh, my, at my stream, twitch.tv slash beaverylamas. Uh, yeah, John, anything else? I think I've said right, enough. We'll, we'll call it good then. So I'm... Um, uh, We'll catch you next time. See ya.